Hello and welcome to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard. I have with me, as always, my co-host, confidant, Parker Fleming. And uh, this is going to be the the recap podcast for the TCU-Oklahoma game. But first, Parker, I want to ask you, do you have a minute to talk about TCU soccer? Oh, I have more than a minute to talk about TCU soccer. (laughs) I, uh, look, I'm a big soccer guy. Um, I am so happy that TCU soccer is playing well. The the Horned Frog women are absolutely kicking butt. They are 6-0-1 on the year. They're ranked highly. Uh, Two incredible goals this week. Yasmin Ryan hit the bar, uh, just roofed it against uh, Kansas. That was a, a win at number eight, Kansas, by the way. And then uh, earlier today, Gracie Bryan won in overtime, turned, beat Kansas State, just absolutely put her defender uh, on skates. Just, just an incredible run for the uh, for the Horn Frogs. I, I don't know anything about soccer. I know the littlest about soccer of anyone who's ever watched a soccer match in their entire life. But let me tell you that that girl put a soccer ball in a window that I couldn't have thrown a golf ball through with my arm. Like it was incredible. <laughs> What she did. Uh, TCU is – and today, I think, versus Kansas State, they were down 2-0. to zero. Came back, tied yeah. it up 2-2, two, two, and then just buried them in overtime with that dagger. Buried them. Yeah, so, incredible. Olivia Hassler – Olivia Hassler scored the goal to send it to overtime uh, from first career goal, and she must have been 10 yards outside the penalty box. And then uh, I want to make sure I got that right. Grace Collins, not Gracie Bryan, though Bryan had a great game as well, had the game winner in overtime. So, yeah, look, sometimes it's fun to watch TCU teams that win games. Well, and they're just and they're scoring, which is so much fun. Yes, so I, I look I at I'm on the NCAA website because I'm uh, I have a problem. TCU is uh, they're, they're tied for 15th in, in points. You know they're scoring almost two goals a game, which for soccer and having it be conference play against like some substantially solid opponents, I think yeah. they have three ranked ranked wins now. They're scoring two goals a game, dude. That's that's impressive. For sure. Shout out uh, Coach Eric Bell, uh, my roommate. Well, my old roommate used to work for uh, TCU uh, soccer as kind of like a he was in the kinesiology department, so they had a lot of partnerships with them. And he said he's a great guy. Um, really, really happy for the TCU women. Uh, shout out to them. They're, they're I thought you were going to tell me that you were Eric Bell's roommate in college, and I was going to think, God, I was. I'm way yeah. older yeah. than I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that would be that would be pretty cool. Um, okay, well, do you want to rip the Band-Aid off and just at least give an opening statement about the uh, TCU football game this week against Oklahoma? I'll let you have the floor, Counselor. I mean, what did I say? I, I I feel great about this weekend because I am entirely justified in everything that I have ever said about TCU Oklahoma. And everything I said last week 100% came true. And so go me. Uh, that's, that's my takeaway from this weekend. I mean, we knew it was going to be bad. We knew it was going to happen. I think my model, I projected 35-18. Come on, dude. Um, so feel, feel really good about, you know, the analytics side of things. Um, I think one tell Parker he did a good job. I mean, we know TCU can't really move the ball unless they're playing desperate, and they didn't play desperate except for two drives uh, against Oklahoma, and so uh, they didn't move the ball except for two drives uh, against Oklahoma. So I, I really don't know what to say here, other than like, yeah, if this is the way you design your program, this is the way you're going to lose. TCU lost this game twice. They lost it. Going into the week, I mean, this was a loss on the schedule. We knew it was going to be a loss, no doubt about it. Okay, great. Well, sometimes you lose games, but you stay competitive. You play well. You know, you give it your all to the end, yada, yada, yada. TCU lost this game a second time with eight minutes and 33 seconds. No, I take that back. Eight minutes and 59 seconds left in the fourth quarter, down 30 to seven. 
the scoreline, that, that didn't matter at that point. Oklahoma was going to come away with a, a win. On third and two from the TCU 18, excuse me, TCU ran a inside zone to Kendrick Which, Miller, who got one yard. Potentially understandable for third and short, but if, if you're, you're down if, 20 points, yeah, come on. It is an understandable play call if it's four down territory, which it should have been because TC was down by 23 with eight minutes left against a good running offense that had already scored on TCU however many times this that game. Instead, fourth and one for the TCU 19, eight minutes, 33 seconds left, punting, I believe, into the wind. Jordy Sadie pumped for 41 yards. Fair catch from Marvin Mims at the Oklahoma 40. That is when TCU lost that game a second time. That is when it went for me thinking, okay, great, look, TCU, you know, some ups and downs, look, this is going to be a loss, move on, whatever, to me, really, really getting angry at the way the coaching staff um, ran this game. And, and see, I saw a lot of outrage about that on, on Twitter, and, and I'm telling you, I was already resigned before that. Uh, hold on, I know, I just, I was too. It was a loss, no doubt about it, but it's just one of, it's just those little things that add up to where like, dude, at least make a show of trying to win the game. And then don't point to a touchdown you scored with two minutes and 35 seconds left as evidence that you're still trying to win. I mean, okay, look, if you go for it, get it, let's say, now it's 30 to 14. You score that second touchdown, maybe you go for two, now it's 30 to 22. Okay, now it's a one-score game. And yeah, you're still probably not going to win, but you took yourself out of the game by punting. You, you removed all doubt that the Oklahoma was going to win. The loss had been long conceded. So uh, TCU scores a touchdown in the second. Is this the second quarter? Yes. Yes. Nine 9.38, they go for it on fourth and two at Oklahoma 6. Laudable. Absolutely have to say, but I don't think they're very aggressive, and they went for it on fourth and two yep. at OU 6. And DeMarco Foster is a big man with big thighs, and he took his big thighs in the end zone. Um, I won't mention the formation that it was out of because I don't want anyone to draw the wrong conclusions about how they moved the ball that drive which was a wonderful pass to Crowell's. Um, TC scores a touchdown there. The next drive, Oklahoma goes three plays and four yards. TCU negative goes, four yards. Negative four yards, excuse me. TCU goes six and out. Oklahoma goes 12 plays, 43 yards, misses a field goal. TCU ends the, ends the half, can't uh, miss, misses a field goal. TCU gets the ball out of the half, and they go three and out, and they punt. They hold Oklahoma to a field goal. TCU gets the ball, and they go seven and out. They punt, uh, and they were excited about pinning Oklahoma deep into their own territory. Oklahoma drives 93 yards and scores. TCU had in four plays. In four plays, yes. TCU had four drives there to chip into a 10-point lead and did nothing, absolutely nothing. The game was lost in halfway through the third quarter. When OU kicked the field goal and TCU punted for the second straight drive to start the half, uh, the game the game was over. It was it was beyond over. Um, TCU could, I, could not move the ball. TCU had every opportunity to compete in this game. They stifled the Oklahoma offense on multiple consecutive drives and could not do anything to to chip into that deficit. Could I point to one of those drives in that sequence? It was the one after TCU scored. Oklahoma went three and out. TCU had ran one, two, three, four. Five consecutive passing plays had first and 10 at the Oklahoma 34. Darwin Barlow run for a loss of one yard. Max Duggan passed incomplete to Blair Conright. That was the beautiful throw, I believe, that Conright dropped in the back of the end zone. I believe yeah. that's when that was. A great, um, a great shot. Inc 
incredible. And, and you know what? Fair effort by Con Wright. Tough catch. Probably should have made it. Great throw. Third and 11. Max Duggan run for a loss of three yards to the Oklahoma 38. I believe that was a sack, but I'm not sure. And then fourth and 14 to the Oklahoma 38. Jordy Sandy punt for a 38 for 38 yards. They punted from the Oklahoma 38 down by 10 against one of the best offenses in college football. I mean, come on, man. I don't understand it. And and I, I've had quotes from, from the horse's mouth about shortening the game and flipping the field. And, and let me tell you, you're doing it. Is it working? It's not working. No. Let's even go beyond what do I think is right. Let's just go to results. Is TCU getting the results that they want based on this strategy of conservatism, controlling the clock, flipping the field, shortening the game? No. Uh, can I ask you, did, did TCU win the Texas game? I, I actually contend that, that Texas lost the Texas game. They did, they did everything they could do to hand Texas the, the game, right? They, they ran the ball, they yes. punted, they kicked field goals. And honestly, Texas is probably two drops or a fumble. I mean, literally a fumble, but, but, but if, you know, if you flip two drops the other way to Texas earlier in that game, TCU's down 14 in the second half. Um, yeah. and, so, and so I think that's worth looking at. It's like, hey, you, know, you start to really get into this TCU team and you think the defense has been fine, but the offense outside of four or five drives is – I mean, TCU scored nine touchdowns this season. Four games, nine touchdowns. Is that all? Oh, my God. Not, that is not, way more depressing than I – Not what you want. Heard. And so, Sheesh. I mean, All right. Well, I didn't think about that. <laughs> that kind of makes me uh, sad. Okay. Yeah. So, so, right. so right now, after that game, we'll, we'll get into some specifics too, but I'm going to make another um, subtle and crazy point. But like, so TC right now is 51st overall on SP plus. They are 81st on offense and they are 32nd on defense. Um, TCU has been 35th or better on defense in 20, 19, 18, 17, 15, 14, 13, and 20, right? Eight years in the Big 12, they've been 35th or better. Their defense has been constant. Some years, it's been as high as 8th. Some years, it's been as low as 36th, uh, which is just 2016, right? Yeah. Their offense has been inside the top 33 times in that span. Um, I, 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 I just, How many good seasons have they had since they joined the Big 12, Grant? Uh, you could probably argue three. Three. 14, 15, 17. Yeah. Only time that the offense has been even even close to top 30, right? 16, they were 38th. Other than that, TCU in, in 2012 was 58th in SP+. 13, they were 88th. Uh, uh, 38th and 16th. 91st in 18, 67th and 1981st in 20. Um, I, I do not understand the focus on the defense. I really, really don't. I, no, I don't either. And I say that not, not just from like the top down. I say that from like the Twitter fan base. People are complaining about the defense. No, that's it. You, you that's can't wrong. do any better on defense than TC was doing right now, given what their offense is. Keeping, an, uh, keeping this up Oklahoma team to under 30, like, I, I'm so mad about this. I'm having to like take a breath and, and stop back. Sure, it would be freaking cool if TCU let everyone score zero points. Show me the team that's doing that. Right. Uh, Oklahoma only scored three touchdowns. What do you want out of a team except to play understand. one of the best, the top ten SP plus offense and keep them to three touchdowns? I don't, I don't understand. And one of them, one of them was against a backup corner. Like you know, I know Keon Stewart they, played they, a little bit last year. Marvin Mims is going Keon. to make that play. Yes. They, they did. And Keon look, I, was smart. I understand it. it was yes, due to injury. I understand yes. it. Yes, absolutely. But like, I, I have no problems with the defense. Well, that's not true. I wish there was a better pass rush. Obviously, but they're doing fine. That's not well, the issue. Even given how bad the pass rush is, they're 
They're yeah. Fine. It's Which, not, okay, it, they're not the reason they're losing, losing games. Is this the part where you want to say something nice? Because I think Kari Coleman is going to be really, really good. Dude, okay, so we could talk about Kari Coleman. He's been a, he's been a revelation. Um, he just has. in his, it, I, I don't even know if it's his talent um, so much as it is his motor. And so, yes. again, that's a very vague word. And, you know, I don't like, that's like momentum or whatever. I, you know, but, like, he, he just gets after it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just refreshing to see. Uh, you know, the, the other players in TCU's defensive line feel timid. And Kari Coleman has this recklessness about him that like, hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak out after my parents say that I have to go to bed and, and we might get caught, but you know what? It's gonna be fun. And and Kari Coleman kind of has that attitude about it. Did you ever sneak out when you were a kid? No, that's why I talk about it like this. Okay. All right. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I agree. I, I like Coleman and he does geez, Louise. I didn't either. Um yeah, Coleman doesn't give up on plays. Uh, if he gets blocked, he's going to try to find his way around the tackle. And listen, it might not work, but by God, he's going to keep going. Um, I thought him and Trevon Merrick were huge bright spots. Merrick, Merrick walked down. so good. He Merrick was unbelievable. Got, Merrick got beat on the one, and they and they scored yeah. a touchdown of it, whatever, on the third down stop. Other than that, Merrick had like four third down stops where he just literally came out of nowhere, got on the defender, and put his hand mm. in between the ball and the defender. Like, amazing. He's so he, good. And we, we we've known that all season. I don't know that we've actually seen that all season. Yep. And 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 yesterday felt really felt like a day where except for one or two plays he was just excellent. Yeah, he was absolutely outstanding. Uh I thought Hodges Tomlinson played pretty well. Didn't didn't hear his name. Felt good about that. Yeah, exactly. It, I wasn't like, "Oh, wow, he just got, you know, waxed on a play." Yeah, man, I mean, it was the defense played fine. So, let's say you know, nice things there. Uh we did see a lot of Parker Workman, uh, nine snaps, which is probably a few snaps too many, but, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. We, we did see 47 snaps out of Nook Bradford, which uh, yeah. I, I, will, I will note uh, is, is only because – so Nook Bradford played more than Terrell Cooper yesterday. Terrell Cooper, I think, maybe, sorry. Yes, Terrell Cooper, yeah. Uh, do you know why that is? Grant, they went to the three three five. They did. I was uh, – yeah, that's – It hit the fan. Uh, and and they said nope, we're we're switching this, and so that was actually really really exciting because that 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 went that went actually pretty well. I hope you have enough of this on film to say like, hey, maybe we could do this more often because Nook Bradford, given the way that the pass rush and the run defense has been up front, like Nook Bradford in space is way more valuable than than a, a lineman. Can I say something that is not carrying water for the current administration? Gary Patterson's a really good defensive head coach, like defensive coach. Oh yeah, like that's like I know. Okay, like we talk about it. Like uh, he has his flaws, and sometimes teams can, teams can pick on those flaws. Uh, as in, I don't know, running a leak route every play would probably result in a touchdown. Apparently, I um, I don't know what anyone could possibly do about this. That yeah, yeah, I yeah, I mean, look, yeah, Theo Weiss is an incredible athlete that is running like trying to confuse your defenders, and there's no pressure on the quarterback, so he's time to do so. So yeah, but uh, friend friend of the podcast Adam Lunt had a had a video today. He posted on Twitter and said. Hey, here's how you defend the leak route. And Grant, do you know what happened? The quarterback what? was following his go route, saw that the leak route was coming, saw the quarterback throw the ball, did a full 180 spin, and then ran up and then tipped the ball away and made this like superhuman play. There's like there's no way for a normal person to just defend that. You just you just have to like have this incredible play to defend. There is, and TCU's we're getting in the weeds now, but TCU TCU's defenders will never make that play because they're coached to keep their eyes on the receiver. Oh yeah. This is probably a little harsh, but like if they missed it, if they took a gamble and missed, they'd come out. Which on average works really, really well for TCU yes. and for their defense. 
I, I think my biggest qualm yesterday was that Gary was a little slow to go to the three three five. I've been yeah. I've been talking about this all season, and I got very excited about Brandon Bowen, who did not see the field. Uh, hasn't seen the field in a while and i thought like oh maybe he's gonna play that like run stopping end they're gonna put bowen and mathis at the ends and then they'll run three three no nonsense absolute no. wish casting not happening but they they did commit to the three three five after they were down 17 points um but still i mean pretty pretty decent uh defensive pretty decent. performance overall yeah absolutely um is there anyone on the offense you want to say nice things about besides max duggan who uh had a good game for what he was allowed to do Okay, let's start backwards. Let's start at the end of the game. Why isn't Zach Evans in every play? I don't know, man. Right, like, again, I, I know, Foster I know. is awesome. Barlow is awesome. Kendra Miller has been really, really good. Zach Evans can do that in the passing game. Put the man on the field. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, yes. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Yeah, you really, he should be on Every the pass field. that, like, like, Max Duggan threw one downfield pass to Zach Evans. The rest of them were just like, oh, I'm just going to check down and you're going to get 10 yards. And sure, OU's playing prevent, whatever. I'm just saying, Zach Evans in, sca- in space is scary. Um, Zach Evans as a backup option in the passing game is is scary. It's incredibly scary. He's a really, really good athlete, and allowing him to be the safety is much – his game fits being the check down better than Foster and Barlow and Miller's. Cause, um, cause they, they have their strengths pace. running, but, yeah, Evans is a better kind of third – quote-unquote third down path. Jump, right, you know, jump kind of being that down. He plays jump yeah, ball for sure. He knows. He yep. knows. Hey, yep. stuff's getting weird. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a play, and and that's what you need. Yep. Um, so I really liked those garbage drives by Zach Evans. Um, he also had a nice ten yard rush in there. Uh, Quentin Johnson. Uh, Quentin Johnson. Excuse me. Got some targets that weren't thirty yards downfield. He had a screen, and then I think a shorter one. I also think. Did you notice that the the Kendra Miller pass? He didn't throw mm-hmm. him, but they. They did a like a, a boot rollout yep. and handed it off to Kendra Miller. So again, TCU has this problem where like their trick plays are very obvious. Like, oh no, something's different. We're running jumbo. Watch out! Uh, and so that's that's dumb in itself. But like this play, they ran into the boundary and Miller didn't have space. But like the way he was holding the ball, he was definitely looking for Johnston across the first down line, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work out. So I thought that was super weird. But I, I was like, hey, get Johnston the ball. Fine, whatever. Um, but, Can but I so say I think, something? Oh, yeah, please. No, no, no. Sorry, finish your thought, then I'll hop in with something. Well, I'm saying John, Johnston got involved uh, a, a little bit more overall. And, and so, again, I just I want to increase his usage. Um, and so he got, you know, he got five targets, which Grant is, what, three less than he's had all season before that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting him involved in the game, I think, is, is an objective positive. Again, even if some of those were just the garbage drives at the end, because that's good offense for TCU. Throw, catch, go down, get up, do it again. That yep. that's TCU. Look, man, uh, maybe it's time to go back to the basics of love for TCU's offense. And I'm not saying we go back to Luke and Bach, Texas. I'm just saying, why don't we go back to throw, catch, get down, get up, and do it again? Why don't we go back to tempo? Why don't we go back to to possession? Why don't we go back to the to, to just the, the the bread and butter basics? I would love to see more tempo. That that frustrates me. Uh, that TCU doesn't really seem to kind of capitalize on catching defenses off guard. Um, I, I want to shout out a point, too, and you, you made a, a good point about how our trick plays are, are – I'm on the team – how TCU's trick plays are extremely obvious. Uh, a friend of the podcast, at Big Sad Fan, uh, asked us – or said on Twitter, one thing that baffles me is how they put in their second string of receivers to make it more obvious that they're running the ball. <laughs> Look, looking at the numbers, yeah. Like, for example, Tay Barber uh, – had 38 total snaps, 29 passes, eight run blocks. 
Surveillance Hunt had 19 total snaps, 10 passes, nine run blocks. He had more <laughs> run blocks than, <laughs> than, uh, uh, than Tay Barber. Uh, there's more examples as well. Uh, Mikel Barkley had 18 total snaps, 10 of them were run blocks. Like, they yeah. do. Like, they yeah. legitimately well, just make it and obvious. They, that they're and they've been doing this all season. I didn't, I didn't, like, go through and flag this. I didn't see this during the OU game in a rewatch today. But, like, four or five times this season, they've covered up Artavius Lynn on plays. Yeah. He's been yeah. like, guys, co- uh, come, uh, on. Come, like, on. come on. Well, like, one, oh, yeah. one, I think two or three of those have been out of timeouts. And it's like, okay, fine. Run Jumbo. Put your backup tackle where Artavius Lynn is. Right. And actually run, like, run the damn right. thing. Don't just do this obvious signal so you can tempo later. Do we, yeah. okay, we're talking about substitution and tempo. Do we need to talk about this play? Uh, which quarter, one are you talking about? The oh the the play in the first quarter where they had Carter Ware in the block and then they oh. ran this god awful monster whatever the freaking I can't I have to I have to take a minute I can't I can't talk about this without cursing. Um, whoa, what the hell? Man, I, I... okay. So narrating so that everyone is following inside yeah, their brains. Yeah, yeah. There's this drive. TCU kind of struggles to move the ball. They hit Tay Barber on the corner route. And so this is a positive I have actually. 30 yards. 30, 30 yards. yards. Really great. Grant, if you'll notice, that was the exact play last week that TCU dug in through the corner and Barber ran the dig. And so yeah. I think that was an option route and they were confused about the rules against Kansas mm-hmm. State. And clearly they fixed that. Also, I'll note it was our favorite uh, boo slash bookie Radley Hines was in coverage and he sucks. And can, can I? Tay can Barber I was open. Yeah, uh, I, know, I, I know you're you're making a point on this play, and I want to get back to it. This is the point where we uh, laugh at a person that could definitely beat us up and is very good at the football. Boo Radley Hines, sh- Bookie Radley Hines, should not get on the bus to play TCU. Yeah, dude, he was the uh, second worst rated player on Oklahoma's defense by Pro Football Focus. He got embarrassed by uh, was it Barlow or Foster? Foster. I was Foster. Uh, yeah. yeah. And was just lost in coverage on that play. Mike Collins ended his career, I thought, a couple years ago. It is unbelievable how that man finds himself in precarious positions against TCU. And it's so bad in pass coverage. He's um, not good. Yeah, so wait, yeah. I, I just want to I want to put a number on this. Because, look, man, we have so little to be happy about. I'm just putting a number on his pass rush, on his coverage grade, which was... 50. Not uh, the worst on, on Oklahoma. 50, the worst of anyone yesterday. Very bad. Very bad. That's That's, that's very satisfying. Um, he was he was targeted eight times and allowed seven receptions <laughs> for ninety three yards and forty four yards after the catch and a touchdown. I want to so, emphasize that if 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 Boo Radley and I got in the cage, we got in the octagon. I would not leave the octagon. I just want to admit no. That. I, yeah, let me make that um, very clear. If, he is if very TCU, good at football. If TCU targeted me eight times, I would have allowed eight receptions for God yes. knows how many yards. So, uh, of course, all all in good fun there. Um, yes, so. TCU evidently clarified the option route rules. Um, so that was a positive because Barber, you know, whatever the coverage last time, Duggan thought, it's, uh, again, I, I'm stupid. So I'm saying this for my own reason, my own purposes, because I'm learning about film and all this stuff. It's like option route is like, hey, I'm running. And depending on what the defender does, I'm going to either dig, I'm going to post, I'm going to corner, whatever. Like there's four or five whatever options. Right. It gets Kansas State, that, that pass with Barber, he saw whatever the safety did. And Barber started for the post, which means he was, you know, mm-hmm. cutting in at a 45-degree angle. Duggan threw the ball. Barber's fast enough to be like, oh, shoot. Barber did a full 360 kind of into the field and then out again. And then just couldn't catch up enough to get to the corner ball. And so if, if Barber ran the corner, it would have been a completion, a huge, a huge mm-hmm. play. So they clearly clarified that. 
Um, and, and, and Barbara ran the corner on this route, given that pressure, and Duggan found him. It was great. TCU gets up. They run tempo. So I, I say that I say the substitution issue because on that play, Carter Ware was in the backfield with the sole purpose of pass block. Yep. Because TCU's pass block in the backfield is bad. I'll talk about that here again in a second. Um, they run tempo, and they run this formation that is just bewildering to me. Because it's not the monster. It's not the A11. It's not wide splits. Grant, they go from left to right off the top of my head because I watched this play about 70 times today. They go wide receiver, wide, wide receiver off the ball, wide receiver off the ball, Carter Ware, guard, center, guard, tackle, wide receiver off the ball, wide receiver off the ball, tackle. TJ Storman lined up three yards from the line of scrimmage there and ran a screen route. Um, so that in itself is just, just bewildering because there's no context for that other than like, oh, they're going to do something weird. And then they throw a jump ball to Carter Ware. And look, Carter Ware is, is fine at what he does. What he yeah. does is not go up against two defenders and get a ball six feet over his head. They're lucky it wasn't intercepted because Oklahoma defender got his hands on it. Um, just a, a, a truly bewildering call that kind of I, embodied. I, I understand how that happened. Yeah, it just embodied TCU's entire first half mentality, which was like, hey, we're going we're gonna to take four steps back for every step forward we take. There was, there was penalties. There was a double reverse. There was all this stupid nonsense. And, and, and that play right there, you're just like, look, dude, you threw a slant to Barber. You threw a screen to Johnston. You, you threw a 30-yard corner to Barber. Run, run a play from your playbook. Why, why do you need to do this nonsense? I, it, it makes me extremely angry. Parker, that was the opening drive of the game. It was that early? My God. Yeah, it was the first drive of the game. I can't, and... I can't imagine having so little confidence in your players yep. and such disrespect for your players that you think, oh, we're moving the ball. Better do something freaking weird. The next two plays were a three-yard run by Darwin Barlow, a sack for six yards, and then a punt for 37 yards out of bounds at the 17. That's like what UTEP does when they're playing Alabama. You know, like, like, like the Citadel against Alabama is like, all right, we're doing every weird thing you've ever heard of. If that's what you yeah, think but, of your team, fine, but that says more about you than your team, honestly. Yeah, I, I think UTEP would have at least, I don't know, maybe gone for it on more fourth downs. And, yes, anyway, that's true. But, Okay, I also wanted to talk about, uh, and and you mentioned it, but TCU's running back passing blocks. Shea Alonalua is not walking through that door. I think think this is where a good player has lasting ramifications that are negative on the program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think, okay, so this offseason, again, this long, horrid offseason where we all thought the world was ending, uh, and it still might be, jury's jury's out. Um, Yeah. I guess in a technical sense, the world is always ending. Uh, just the, the time length is, is varying. But anyway. Okay, um, Rust Cole. But uh, we, there was like a, hey, like who, you know, if you could take a, a receiver, a quarterback, and a running back from TCU's history, who would you take? Or like, uh, uh, no, here's what it was. Here's what it was. It was, uh, you know, 55 seconds, and you have to score a touchdown from your own 25. Who's your, who's your skill players? And mm-hmm. I took, you know, a couple of TC wide receivers, Josh Boyce, some of those, you know, really good guys. Doxon, obviously. I would put Quentin Johnston on my team now. Uh, I had Pro Wells there. And I picked Shewo as my running back mm-hmm. and got a lot of flack about that. But like, Shewo was this amazing Swiss Army knife of like, he could go run a post and catch the ball and, and come down, like, with reasonably good hands. But also in five, like, he could, he could go in the backfield and block a defensive end straight up. He could also take direct snaps on fourth down. Well, kill me. Um, 
but but he could he could take like he was just so casually versatile of like oh I can split out and then I can come in the backfield. No, you're right. And I can I can block as well as a lineman, which for TC the last couple of years is a low bar. Uh, but but still, um, I think TCU's a little spoiled by that. There was a Kendra Miller play where it, like it is amazing that Max it, Duggan did yeah. not die. Miller is on Duggan's right side. The the offensive line shifts right. The backer comes from the left side. Predictable, it's happening. Miller has to see this. A, a running back has to see this play. And Miller pushes up behind the tackle and just watches mm. a linebacker full speed, a beat before the snap, run unencumbered, and, and just, just murder Duggan. And Duggan fortunately stepped out of the way just enough that he could kind of move around. He still got sacked. But, like, that, that's not the offensive line. I, I, you know, the offensive line is bad, and they, they don't need any help. But that was uh, – they don't need any help being bad. But this, this – man, the, the running back – pass block has just been nobody has the body for it it's not good and that might be well i think foster could be i mean he's a he's, he's a thick boy uh it, he, he might be able to be okay at it i mean miller's a freshman he's a small guy pass blocking's not his skill set which makes you wonder then why was he assigned to pass block um well, maybe, maybe you should ma- manage your personnel better but I, I you know i think miller's gonna be fine as a running back but maybe just don't put him in those situations Yes, Miller's looked great running the ball, but but yeah. So so for for an offense that wants to run tempo, you can't be this substitution dependent. Like no no no, you're right, you're right. Here's the thing: I I'm really not trying to like, I'm really not trying to like rain on Carter. Witt. Like I don't want to do this, but like, the offense you want to run, that player has no position. He has no mm-hmm. business being there. You either need yeah. to tell Pro Wells, hey, if you want to catch passes, you have to block, mm-hmm. or you need to not run tempo and not split Carter well. Like it's it just, it just, it, it doesn't make sense. It's, 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 it's bipolar. It's literally two separate identities that are fighting with each other. And TC was trying to fully embrace both of them. And I, I just don't understand it. It's so frustrating. Carter Ware. And again, I am not picking on Carter Ware. No, we I like Carter Ware. And I we think like he's Carter great Ware. at what he does. He just gets asked yes. to do so many stupid things. He gets things. asked to do weird things. He had 22 total snaps and eight of them were pass blocks. I mean, seven seven were run blocks and seven where he was eligible to receive a pass. It's, and, that's not what Carter Ware is for. No, you're 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 hurting him and you're hurting your team by yes. doing that. So, yes. Okay, I'm gonna go positive for a second. Can I go positive yeah. for a second? Another yeah, thing I saw course. in the Kansas State game and I yelled about a little bit. Um, and our friend Charlie Hogue uh, talked to me about this a bunch too. He he's really smart, knows a lot about offense. I'm trying to get him to talk more on Twitter. Um, but but he pointed out. Uh, TCU had three on two mm-hmm. on the right side of the field against Kansas State multiple times. Yeah, and yeah. Did not switch to a screen. Three on two—that's automatic five yards, right? Like you mm-hmm. throw it to a fast guy, two guys make contact, boom. Let's pick up five yards. Let's move on. I don't love first down screens. Audible to that every time you have three on two. TCU did that like three or four times against Oklahoma, and and that is good. One of those was to Quentin Johnson, which is great because he's a dynamic playmaker, and I, again, get him the ball. One of those was an RPO to Barber that I really, really liked. Um, and so TCU adapted there, which I, I think was good. Uh, just to see like, hey, some obvious low-hanging fruit that we saw against Kansas State, they, they tried to fix against Oklahoma. So that, if I'm going to say positive things about TCU, I'm going to say they at least did that. Then you start looking at their other RPO game, though, and you think, well, like, hey, uh, an RPO to throw to a two-on-two screen is probably not smart. Like, Right. There's no decision there. That's 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 just a screen. That's not that's not really an RPO. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really help us at all. And so there was 
for every good moment, I feel like there were four or five baffling moments where I just didn't understand what they were trying to do. Um, Pro Wells got targeted twice. Pro Wells' two yeah. targets were extremely productive. Find a way to get him the ball. I don't understand. I just don't understand why he's not more involved. I don't understand that either. I wanted to make a point to you on screens, and I wish I had note. I wish I had noted down and timestamped what play this was. But there was a point where TCU had a screen pass in which three linemen were matched up against two Oklahoma defensive two Oklahoma defensive backs and blocked neither of them. That can't happen. It's it's not what you want. It can't happen. It, it, I'm going to say this as delicately as possible. I want to see more aggression out of our offensive line. We talked about this a couple times on the podcast, and I'm sure we've tweeted and written about it. But you look at clips from other great schools. You, you sent me one today um, from Alabama. Where the offensive line, if they're not blocking someone, they will make it their mission to put a hit on somebody. And for whatever reason, TCU's offensive line doesn't seem to do that. And that play especially even had my friends in my group text like, dude, I cannot believe they couldn't block a single one of those defensive backs. And, yeah, it is embarrassing. Yeah, so so uh, shout out to Ryan Ryan J. Higgins on Twitter who articulated this a lot better than I could have. Um, uh, Ryan Higgins said, if, if you're an offensive lineman and you let the defense talk to your quarterback, you're soft as pudding. The, entire, yeah. the offensive line's entire job is to protect the quarterback, and if defense is hitting him, you handle it, not him. Offensive line sets the tone. Preach, my friend. Like, that, I said it last week about Wyatt Hubert. Wyatt Hubert stood up and said something to Max Duggan. Kill him. I don't, obviously, I mean, like, literally kill him. I'm just saying, get thrown out. Fine. That's fine. Don't injure him. Just hit him. Make him shut up. Uh, if you don't have the, like, basic pride to say, I'm going to protect my quarterback or I'm going to die trying, you're a bad offensive lineman. I don't even care about your talent, right? Like, this I just, agree. I want to hit someone. Um, that, that Alabama clip today, like, pass protection is not passive, right? TC yes, does not have the aggressive. mentality. Uh, I have not seen an offensive lineman this season look at someone and say, you're dead. I have seen an offensive lineman multiple times and multiple times in the, off- in the Oklahoma game get hands on somebody and then get pushed backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, just unacceptable, and, and I think that comes out to a couple things. One, some talent hasn't panned out like we thought it would, mm-hmm. um, and that happens. You have missed rates. But I'm telling you, did you watch Coastal? We talked about Coastal Carolina the other day. Coastal Carolina has a line full of 5'9", 250 chubby dudes. And you know what? That are mean as hell. They are going to piss in your cereal, dude. Uh, And you're just like, look, everyone should have that attitude. You have to have that attitude. And at some point, we're doing it. We're doing it. At some point, that comes down to who's in charge and who's talking to these people about their responsibilities. The fact that you have an offensive lineman starting who feels like it's okay to pull and not hit anyone, mm mm-mm. Like, uh, you, you yeah. got to make a change. I don't even care if you're putting a walk-on there. Find a walk-on who wants to turn somebody into beef jerky. Um, and, I don't and even this care is if like, it's the right person. Hit no, somebody. This is total, I'm, like, football bro nonsense, whatever, but it is true. It is, like, ancient wisdom to just say, if your offensive line doesn't want to kill someone in defense of your skill players, your offensive line is broken, fundamentally. Yep. Uh, this is – you're right, and I have nothing else to add, so I'm just going to say something nice. Hashtag run, run the power. I'm, I'm tagging Hashtag Brady Walls in this, so he hears my rant. <laughs> uh, by the way, on TCU's first scoring drive, they ran the ball seven plays in a row. 
Um, I want to give a shout out to Max Duggan, who I know we say nice things about all the time. Uh, even in games in which TCU is getting their uh, collective behinds handed to them, he still manages to pull off like a 35-yard run where he's caroming off defenders, and I love him, and he is my quarterback. And if anyone ever pushes him into the band steps again, I will drive to Fort Worth and find them. Have you? So, um, have you? Uh, you know? You know the movie Cool Runnings? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Familiar. Cool Runnings. Uh, it's a team of uh, misfits who are Jamaican bobsledders, and one of them is like he's a rich country club kid. Is in the he's in the club, and he just got like the Swedes just messed with him, and he's really dejected. And he's like, look in the mirror. What do I see? And uh, one of his teammates comes up and he's like, I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who don't take no lip from anyone. Which, one is very funny because it's a Disney movie and they're substituting right. a lot of words there. Max Duggan has pride and power and he does not take lip from anyone. Like, no, it, it, this shouldn't happen. But why has Hubert hit him and got a flag and Max Duggan got in his face? That is oh, yeah. awesome. One, I, I, shouldn't happen. Linemen should be no. killing Hubert. But the, the, the spirit from Duggan there, I, I just... I liked Kenny Hill. Kenny Hill was kind of robotic. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, even Sean Robinson at times felt apathetic. Uh, Mike Collins was kind of by the book. Like, I want a quarterback who wants to wants to win and who hates losing more than he likes winning. Like, Duggan, I want a quarterback that will talk crap. Yeah. Like, I, I, I want a quarterback that, like, I, listen, this is why I was a big Johnny Manziel fan while I was at Texas a and because he also wanted to make you feel bad as he was beating you. And that's what I want out of my quarterback. I want Max Duggan to become the kind of player that you love if he's on your team and you hate if he's not. And yes. I don't think TC has had that kind of player in a long time. No, I completely agree. Um, okay, do we want to put the Oklahoma game to bed and do three minutes on any national storylines we're going to talk about? Yes, that was, so much like, that was so much like non-statistical fr- football bro like nonsense. I love it. I, I needed to get it off my chest, so thank you. I um, love it, no problem. Yeah, I, look, man, we knew it was going to happen in the Oklahoma game. Yep. Uh, TCU had an opportunity to compete. We've seen, obviously, that TCU was not up to snuff in, in competing for four quarters of a game against, you know, the, the national elites. I still think Oklahoma is going to win the Big 12 this year. Um, what do you think about national stories? What did you see? Uh, I thought, first off, uh, shout out to Jalen Waddle. I'm so sorry he is injured. Um, I probably yes. cursed him by drafting him on Wednesday. Uh, but I... That kid is awesome. Um, I hope he has a 15-year NFL career, and I'm drafting him in fantasy football next year. Um, did you, so did you see they went and found him in the ambulance and gave him a cigar? I did not, but that's awesome. That's a great photo. That there was, really, two, really there was cool. two amazing post-game Alabama photos there. One, it was a bunch of teammates <laughs> circled up in the in the ambulance smoking a cigar with Jalen Waddle. I know what the other one is. And then that's two, look, man, I, I've been feeling insecure about my body because I've been drinking a bunch of beer during football, and Mac Jones gave me a huge boost of confidence. <laughs> Mac Jones is lighting the SEC on fire and looks like me. Like, it is very, very encouraging. Like, um, Mac Jones could be in a lineup with, like, 20 white Alabama frat boys, and you couldn't pick him out of it. Like, no, you, you wouldn't sudden, know which one he is. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes out and dissects Tennessee. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, let's see. Yeah, it's the best. Uh, Clemson struggled with Syracuse, but that kind of happens. Dino Babers has a weird thing where he, like, makes Dabo Swinney sweat every time they play. R.I.P. Uh, Rex Culpepper, the legend. Yes, yeah, yeah, the man, the myth, the legend. He he flew too close to the sun. It happens you know? to the best of us. It happens to the best of us. Uh, Big 12 News, Oklahoma State over Iowa State. That was a close game that I did not watch because I was playing golf. Did you see this game? I did. It shouldn't have been that close. There's some referee weirdness. Oklahoma okay. State won that pretty handily. Um, yeah. 
I still think they're going to win the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State. But it's just me. I, I think they'll be there. I think they're gonna. I think we're gonna have a Bedlam rematch. Um, but we'll yeah, see. because uh, they'll lose Bedlam. There's no doubt about that. They always lose Bedlam. But then the title game. See what happens. The the uh, other one that the other one that I want to talk about in the Big Twelve is, uh, man, West Virginia just they just threw it away against Texas Tech, dude. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. So so that's that's pretty rough. I like Neil Brown. Obviously, they're still working out some kinks, but man, that was that was just harsh. Um, Baylor also, I guess TCU's playing Baylor this weekend. Grant Baylor might be. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. It's 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 spooky. It's uh it's TCU at Baylor on Halloween. Um, oh Baylor, no, Baylor might be worse on offense than TCU is. And like, their top two running backs just opted out. Well, that doesn't matter. Um, uh, that it does a, matter. That was a bit. I'm sorry. Uh, also, that's that's hilarious to me. I'm vamping as I'm pulling up SP Plus to like empirically confirm whether Baylor is in fact worse than TCU on offense. Um, that's kind of hilarious to me. This just like. Like like uh, Puka Williams for Kansas did that last week. They lost to West Virginia, and he was like, nah, I'm out. Nah, never mind. <laughs> uh, yes, so Baylor is – oh, my gosh. Baylor's only 53rd on offense. That's still some preseason projection. Yeah. That, uh, that was Charlie Brewer can't throw the ball 10 yards down the field. That's not like an insult to his talent. Insult. No, he's hurt. That's, that's like a dramatic reality of the, the integrity of his shoulder. Yeah. It is jarring, and I feel legitimately sorry for him because he did have a lot of talent. Um, I, I I'm like, terrified of their backup, uh, Jerry Bohannon. Yes, or Zeno. I think, I think it's Jerry. Really, I think it's Jerry. He was going to be extremely good. Uh, yeah. But yes, Brewer terrifies. Or Brewer, it's it's sad. But but um, they're 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 real bad, and their defense yeah. is not good. Their defense is so young. Like again, I I took gosh, Twitter is so annoying. I wish I wasn't on Twitter. Maybe I should get off Twitter, Grant. Twitter is so annoying. I released some power rankings. This this preseason, and I've been doing that's a week your to own week. fault. Well, yeah, never tweet. Um, but I, I said Baylor was going to be like sixth or seventh, and I had Baylor in front of TCU. I had Kansas State in front of Baylor, um, and I got so much crap for that. I was like, they're losing everyone off of their defense, and they have a new coach, and their offense wasn't like very good last year. And they got you know they had what seven or eight one score wins last year, like just an yes. unsustainable amount of success. It's like, hey, there's some regression here. Obviously, that's happening. Like. Obviously, yeah. when you lose a lot of talent off your best unit, you bring in a new coach, and you you don't have like you lose your best skill players on offense. You're you're going to regress. I don't understand why that was controversial. Um, the other one I want to talk about before we before we get off the get off the horn here. Did you see the Michael Penix play versus uh, Penn State? I did. He was I out, did. right? Yeah, but I don't care. Right. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like it's funny, um, but. It's funny because Penn State could have just kneeled the ball and not scored at the end of yes. regulation and won. Um, so big own goal there. But two, Penix, like the ball hits outside and then hits the pylon, but they called it a touchdown because they were excited. Like the referee was like, <laughs> hell yeah, upset. So obviously Which, they can't overturn it. I, I, I fully, listen, I was, I've been a referee at the intramural level and like my boss is really good and like referees NCAA games and I have, for basketball, and I've argued with him several times that if an outcome is cool, it should stand. <laughs> like that is the ultimate determiner. If it is cool and you can semi justify it, count it. That's and hilarious. by God, they counted it. Uh, I don't know why he dove from that ankle. I feel like he could have got closer before. Right. He I, made I mean, the effort. take, take the hit and get the half yard and then get in. But yeah. 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 Anyway, um, the, the the I said that was the last one I want to talk about. The other one was 
I did not have Cincinnati blowing the absolute doors off of SMU. I did. With SMU's receivers out, uh, I thought Cincinnati was going to win that game, and, and they did. Yeah, um, they, they won big there. So that was, that was pretty big. I also watched some Big Ten football. Just It was hardy. I mean, Michigan-Minnesota, I didn't really have any expectations. Michigan looked good. I'm sure they'll be great until they lose to Ohio State inevitably later at the end of the year. Um, Beat the hell out of Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota had, I think they showed a graphic where it was like, here's Minnesota's projected starting five offensive linemen, and here are five random chubby white Minnesotans who are playing offensive line for them tonight. So, uh, yeah, they, they had some problems. Yeah, they did. Uh, that I saw that exact offensive line graphic, and those were some uh, some horses. I think somebody tweeted and said, "This is this is the cast of the movie Beer Fest." <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, which was which was uh, exactly accurate. Um, I want to give one shout out before we leave. Shout out Coastal Carolina for covering despite having a backup quarterback. I woke up Saturday, uh, had put some vested interests uh, in Coastal Carolina, and then ten minutes before the game started, I found out they had a backup quarterback. And they still beat Georgia Southern. So shout out to Chanticleer. Look, man, they 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 run a fun offense. Uh, they're they're pretty great. No, I was gonna say I'm really looking forward to one game. Uh, split zone, shout out split zone duo. They ported this out. I think it's in two weeks. But Boise State BYU plays. Yes. In two weeks, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, the G5 has some really interesting teams between Cincinnati, uh, Coastal, and. Uh, BYU and Boise State. I'm very much looking forward to that. Well, and 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 don't forget the Sun Belt. The 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 Sun Belt Championship is going to be a rematch between uh, Louisiana and um, Coastal. Yes. And Louisiana had a had a positive post game win expectancy against Coastal, so that'll be super interesting to see. Uh, I was pulling up the slate for this weekend, dude. There's there's nothing outside of Ohio State, Penn State. There's no top twenty five matchups. Really. Um. So so that's that's pretty interesting to me. Well, um. Yeah, we'll, the we'll, eyes of the world will be on TCU Baylor, and great. Indeed, they will. Uh, gosh, I just can't wait for the sideline cam of the friggin' Baylor students in dumbass Halloween costumes. I'm leaving that in. I don't care. I'm leaving. I'm leaving that in. I will refrain from making jokes. Go ahead. Um, gosh, Baylor's terrible. Just generally as an aesthetic. Uh, all right, well, well, we'll talk about the, the weekend slate a little bit more on Wednesday. We'll dive deep into Baylor. Um, I sent out a piece today about TCU's run game and just kind of looked at looked at the numbers and then looked at film and said, like, hey, this is bad. Why? And so uh, if you're a subscriber, you got that in your inbox. If you're not a subscriber, what are you doing with your life? Um, and uh, Grant will have his, his, his kind of weekend recap tomorrow. I'll probably throw a piece up Tuesday, and then we'll have our, our midweek preview on Wednesday kind of cruising towards uh, – towards the game this weekend. So, um, yeah, over, overall, uh, uh, a disappointing weekend for TCU, but not, a, not an unexpected one. The, the, the problems for TCU are known. There are four winnable games on the schedule remaining. I have no delusions that TCU will win any or all of them. But uh, I, I do have hope that TCU can redeem something out of this stinker of a season and then this offseason take a look in the mirror and perhaps address some of those issues. Uh, I tweeted this out today, Grant. I have a big announcement. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and update the list uh, of potential replacements Ooh. for uh, TCU's offense. So I think we're at this point already in the season. I think we said a lot of things this off season about ifs and ifs, and uh, we we have not seen those ifs. And so I think we're getting to the thens. I think we're getting to the results, and I think we need to think about where does TCU go from here uh, uh, offensively from the top to, from the top down. I am very excited to see the list. Is Justin Fuente on it? No, Justin Fuente. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, All right.
Well, get, we will get see. a time machine. Go back to 2009. <laughs> put Justin Fuente on your list then. Bill O'Brien is available. Uh, we will see you Wednesday. Go Frogs. Go Frogs.